Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with Go Long at GoLongTD.com. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Go Long Podcast with Jim Monas. Just an awesome conversation with Jim at Hamburg Brewing. He gets into what it's like these last few days before a draft. You better have your homework done at this point because uh, it's almost showtime. So shares a lot of stories from the, the, the Saints, the Eagles, the Bills, obviously, I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to rate, review, let us know what you think about the podcast, and be sure to subscribe at GoLongTD.com. Hopefully you've had a chance to check it out, but we have a lot coming next week for the NFL Draft. We're going to do a three-day Zoom happy hours because we're going to go longer than an hour each day. Um, Each night we will break down the picks. We'll throw some beers back. We'll have a good time. Jim's going to join us for round one to kind of break down those picks. Um, as they happen, and we're going to have special guests on throughout. We're going to have draft prospects on. We're going to have beat writers from around the country on. There may be a uh, certain UB football coach in town who may come on, so I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And when you subscribe, you can also join our pre-draft hang at Hamburg Brewing Wednesday night. We'll have the details on that as well. First beer on Go Long at Hamburg, so really want to get to know people in person. We'll hang out. We'll talk some football, tell some lies. It'll be a good old time, so uh, it's a great time to subscribe. Um, We also have that deal going. It's uh, the Draft Extravaganza deal, 25% off, so be sure to hit that coupon monthly, annual, and, and when you get that annual subscription, you'll get a hoodie or crew on the house. If you already subscribe and you'd like some swag, be sure to contact me at Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. We have some options uh, for you there as well. My email, golongtd at gmail.com. All right, let's get right to it. Hope you enjoy the podcast. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Podcast. I'm Tyler Dunn here with your favorite longtime NFL executive, Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints, Buffalo Bills, the one and only Jim Monas. Jim, it's great to have you here in the flesh at Hamburg Brewing for this podcast. I know we've been Zooming you know, the last couple together, so it's great to be here, man, drinking some Hoptimoniums. We just got ourselves a couple beef on wicks, which underrated. 
here at HBC, that beef on Wick, man, it's one of the best you'll get in Western New York. Well, it's good to be here a week before the draft. It's hard to believe it's snowing out here today in, in Western New York, Buffalo, and I shouldn't say it's hard to believe. Very believable, actually. Very right? believable. We got teased a little bit last week with the weather, but man, everything feels right when you got the hoptimonium, a little beef on weck, a little football talk. I, I don't know. Did you put out your mock? What number mock are you on right now? I'm on mock 18. I'm on like. Point yeah. Oh, you're ahead of me. I'm at 16.4. Um, <laughs> and my latest mock, I think I'm just going to go with Fields as the first pick. I, I think we got to just you know change it up a little. But I don't know what else to talk about with quarterbacks. You just got to put it out there, right? Just put it out there, what you're hearing. Well, Just what you're hearing. Did you hear it in Hamburg? Did you hear it, you know, it's from safe to Frank say, down the street? It's what you're hearing, Jim. It's safe to say that this time of year, this is true. And unless you're on the inside, you really need to. I know everybody wants the draft to happen tomorrow. The NFL wants it to happen. Anybody in personnel, this draft could have happened a month ago. Oh, my God. I mean, at this point, you're just finding things to do. You're driving yourself crazy. But... The stuff that's getting in the media, it's just, it's incredible. Nobody knows really anything. Yeah. Nobody's getting. Would it, it if you me? did, like, you wouldn't tell you wouldn't anybody. anybody. You wouldn't would you, tell anybody. Would it shock like, me if the Jets don't take Zach Wilson? No. All right, it wouldn't we, shock me at all. Real quick on that. Here is actual intel on that situation somewhat. I was just talking to a, this quarterback's coach at BYU, and I asked him, like, like, if you talk to Michael Floor, like, because we were talking about, like, the X's and O's of everything, he said he's talked to just about everybody. Not Michael Floor, for what it's worth. You know, the, the person who would be coaching Zach Wilson hasn't talked about Zach Wilson to the person who coached him. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I think they'll take him, obviously. But to your point, there's just – and I know we always come back to this, but it's worth bringing up again. The hogwash, the BS, the, the nonsense that is – Shats into the atmosphere these last two three months. It's it's unbelievable. You know Brandon Parker, the agent for Allen Robinson, who I know a little bit. He, he had a great tweet at me last night, Jim. He said, you know, where's like the, the the media on media report? Like, there's no accountability for all of this. Like for, for the people who say this is gonna happen, or they're hearing this and then it does. I would love to see the batting averages. I really would. Well, it's just. It almost turns you off. The coverage can almost turn you off. I mean, I don't know how everybody else does it. I pretty much I can't put the TV on at this point. I mean, it's been done for over a month. It's the same stories because everybody wants to talk quarterbacks. And honestly, I get it. Those are the superstars. But it, and we always we love quarterbacks too. But I, I do like. I am curious to see how it all plays out. The trades and the offensive linemen seem like they could make an impact on this draft. The corners seem pretty good at the top. So I am. I'm looking forward to some of the other players to see where they go and who makes the move up. But the over analysis, it's, it's, just, it's just too much. Of the quarter. I mean, we're analyzing pro days. Like they're yeah. talking about pro days, and I got to tell you, I, you know, we, you don't talk about pro days. I mean, it, it's a quick glimpse at a guy, but you're not you're not drafting a guy off a damn pro day. I know. I don't know who it was on NFL Network. We love Mark Ross. We love a lot of people at NFL Network. Honestly, I can't remember who it was, but they they were breaking down the pro days and say, you know, this team. You know, I, I heard that they like this quarterback more after the pro day. You can't tell me that opinions are going to change that much. With Scary. Air, I mean, it was the 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 air defense 
Was it an air raid say. assault? You know, and, and Trey Lance, it's not his fault. I mean, it's unfortunate that he didn't get to play this season, and you have to go back and watch that tape. And, yeah, the one game he played this year, he didn't he didn't look very good. But, sure, he looks good. I see him out there looking good in the pro day and moving around. And I'm not saying it's just that's what you're going to put your franchise on. And, and I just hope these teams – there's probably some idiots out there in front offices that do actually care about this stuff, but by and large, I don't think they like read and watch and and fall into the same paralysis by analysis group think. I, I wouldn't think. Am I wrong? Like, well, are, are there people in the front office that do kind of like change their opinions? You know, based off a lot of the stuff that's spewed. Yeah, I I don't know about changing stuff, but I will say this. What I think, what I've noticed it's a little different this year with these quarterbacks than what we went through with Mahomes, Trubisky, and Deshaun Watson when we worked them out privately. They're not doing these private workouts right now because of everything that's happened. So for us, we did those private workouts not to see their physical skill set. It was could they retain and learn the offense that, you know, we kind of did like an offensive install. And then could they retain it and get out there on the field and go through it we weren't studying their throws or, hey, that was – I mean – No rock, paper, scissor game? Oh, no, let's not even start about that. I kind of want to. Look, we went into a, a – I know I went into a rant about these new head coaches that got hired this year. I have my eye on Philly. I'm watching that team huge. Take it I, easy on Jamestown, New York. Take it easy. That's Section 6. There's a great college area scout for the Kansas City Chiefs named Dave Henson. He played high school football in Jamestown. So I'll give Jamestown okay. credit, okay? Sirianni family. Is one of the best area scouts going, Dave Henson. But Jamestown, this can't be your representative right now. Rock, paper, Roger scissors. Roger Goodell is from Jamestown, too, I think. That's a good one. So you guys are hitting okay. Well, not you, but Jamestown. Yeah. But I'm telling You're you. You're not, not into the rock, paper, scissors I analysis. couldn't even. I wouldn't even be able to get that out and feel good about myself talking to a prospect to see, guess what? These guys are already, if you're already studying them for the draft, they're probably pretty competitive. Like, to think that that's going to sell you on a guy, get out of here. I, that makes me, I, that Philly, when you watch that Philly press conference with Howie Roseman sitting up there, he, he is taking a Super Bowl team into the ground. Now you have a, a head coach who I, don't, I can't really put into words what he's, I, get him out of my life. And <laughs> this, is what, this is what we're dealing with. And yet you don't want to name Jalen Hurts your starter. One, because he probably shouldn't be your starter. And two is, yeah, you haven't seen him. So it's, it, this whole thing is like these pre-draft press conferences, I mean, they got to stop. Oh, man. I, I, there's a lot to unpack there, Jim. Yeah, sorry. Um, we've told some Howie Roseman stories off the air. We've told some Howie Roseman stories on the air. For people who don't remember, Jim worked with Howie. Is there anything else you want to share at all, Howie, and how things are running? You know, knowing him from his you know, he's had intern a, days? Well, so he, Howie's had a long career and, and has had a lot of success. He's also had a lot of people go in and out of that building, you know, that – you could talk to different people and get different opinions on how it's run there. Doug Peterson would be fascinating to talk to right he now. He would be. That would be a great interview to hear. How does a guy win a Super Bowl? What is it? Two, three years later, is out of the league. And they right. had and they had Carson Wentz. I mean, how does this happen? That to me tells me there's dysfunction all over that organization. We know how it starts at the top. The owner and Howie are tight. So you're not breaking those two up. Such and a game of survival. That's it. That's I mean, all you, it is. you lived in here in Buffalo. We yeah. don't need to name names, but I but think we know up, who was able to survive. It is. It is part of it. And, and yeah. 
it happens almost. It probably happens in, in a lot of franchises. I mean, it's true. I mean, look at the Colts when they had Ryan Grigson as GM. I mean, the owner liked him for a time being, and he ran that. He had Andrew Luck and couldn't put a team around him, couldn't protect him. And, you know, it's just how do these guys keep their, you know, how do they keep these jobs? And I really think it's, you know, here we're sitting here having some beers at a brewery. <laughs> like, I know it sounds stupid, but I think that it's a relationship business at the end of the day. And, it, and if you've got those good relationships and you have them in high places, you're probably going to keep your job longer than the guy who isn't. It, it, I know it sounds stupid. I really, truly believe that's the case with a lot of owners on some teams. And maybe you'll be able to read some of this that go along in the coming weeks and months. But there is the situation with one um, – High profile, where it's like, yeah, if you are willing to get to know and ingratiate yourself with owner X, probably going to keep your job more than the guy who listened. And, um, it, it, you know, in, in such a production based business, it's crazy, Jim. You know, at the end of the day, it's wins and losses, but there's so many other factors that really are. Well, they're all sitting around. How right we now. survived in Philly. And, and you know what? Way. Got that Super Bowl. You did? And, and you got, did. Yep. But I think right now that most teams are, are sitting around finalizing their board, really cleaning up that, you know, at this point, your first-round plan's in place. I mean, you're going to do, do stuff just to take time up during the day. I think the confident teams right now are maybe doing some scenarios, some trade-up, trade-down scenarios. You set the value mark. Who are we going up for? Who are we not going to budge from if he's there? I mean, that's pretty common every team. Um, Ever just drastically change? something the week of the draft did you ever like move somebody up way up somebody down at this time of year no no it shouldn't get that way i i think at this time of year what a scout might do an area scout might say hey honestly we need to consider this guy in the sixth round you know we might have had him in the seventh round or a free agent hey i would draft this guy in the sixth and maybe you spend a little time and watch him as a staff say hey okay you're putting yourself out there you want to talk about this guy let's all watch him Maybe look around and say, you know what, yeah, we would take, you know, and so maybe you can get a guy up a little bit from seventh round to the sixth or fifth. But honestly, the hard stuff's done. You're waiting now. And it's it's a fun time to be in the personnel because you're ready. You're just waiting for your Super Bowl, but you're prepared. And you shouldn't be, like, I guarantee the 49ers know who they want. The Jets know who they want. We don't. So we're all talking about it, but we they know. And that sets the, the Falcons know what they want to do it for. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. But that's what's going to set the draft up on Thursday night. With San Francisco, though, I'm just trying to think of stories where things did change. You know, I had somebody tell me where, you know, the scouts didn't even have Joe Williams, a running back out of Utah, on the board. You know, he had some issues in college. Kyle Shanahan, fourth round, we're taking him. So you can always have that factor. There's that ego factor. We had Mark Ross tells the story about Dwayne Wright. Ralph Wilson says, we're, we're taking the running back. We're taking him. And as a personnel guy who's studied these prospects year round, I can't imagine when when you get in that into that moment, you know, even if it's ten minutes before a pick, where everything can change. And no, we're doing this, and what you just did the last three hundred sixty five days doesn't matter. Well, I'll give you a good a good story on draft day with Chantrell Henderson for us, the who drafted the tackle from Miami in the seventh round. Well, you know. We had him off the board. Hey, we're not drafting this guy because we knew he had a lot of issues with just staying on the field injury-wise and obviously with marijuana. That was well-documented. 
and just not a guy that we all thought was draftable. Hey, if he was, he would have been a first or second round pick. Correct. So we're sitting there, and the seventh round comes up. And, you know, obviously he was going to be the first guy we're going after to sign after the draft's over. And, hey, Marone, Doug Marone's looking at us, and we're all looking at each other like, he's like, what about Henderson in the seventh? And Whaley and I are like, uh, sure, are you good with it? Yeah, why not? At this point, like, we're looking out, we're looking what's up there, and we're like, um, we're getting a second round, first round, second round talent in the seventh round. We'll see if we can make something of them. And, you know, and that's, that literally got done on draft day where we said, yeah, you know what, we can let's bump them up. And, but that, you know, it wasn't like, Cyrus Quanjo, oh, he's better than all those guys we dressed, uh, Richardson and Quanjo. So, and he was better as a, on tape, too. Yeah. As a, you know, he was down because of his off the field stuff and medical stuff. But, you can change your mind on draft day like that, and that's obviously it's different in the seventh round. I I can't imagine that happening in the first round like that. But mid rounds, sometimes when you you know all of a sudden Carlos Williams like we took and and those guys all of a sudden look a little better because you're outweighing the talent. You're saying, yeah. hey, let me roll the dice, and if you hit, you hit big. And we got some good games out of Carlos. We got some good games out of Chantrell. I mean, I tell you, Carlos Williams. I mean, I definitely I know Matt Fairburn. We've had him on the podcast. He did an excellent story on, on catching up with Carlos Williams, who had some choice words for uh, for Doug. Uh, I, I still want to make that happen, by the way. Let's get Doug Carlos on a podcast together somehow. Yeah, but that that's way that, that needs to get that needs to get. We need to iron that out. We do. Yeah, we can play mediator. You know, we can figure this out. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, we might have. To the quote was, "He can eat a dick." Was that the quote? That was part of it. I think there was was there paint thinner involved. Yes, there was some paint thinner some involved. Yeah, so he got a little harsh. I always loved talking to Carlos that season. I mean, he was real. Remember when he had the concussion and he was talking about like the the effects of that all and what he was dealing with? Scary, really scary. scary. But when he was out there and he was healthy, I mean, I, I want to catch up with him for a story going because this guy, if he would have been able to stick in the league. You're talking about one of the best running backs in the NFL. He had everything. He could run a 4-4, 4-3, and he was, what, 230, 235? Like, about 250, 260 when his wife was pregnant, and he was unbelievably candid about that, too. And, and, and we were always worried about yeah. that, too. You yeah. never knew what he was going to come back in shape or not. But Which I mean, is a real thing, though. Like you said, his wife was pregnant, and you're eating, too. And hey, we've all gone through we've it. We've all gone through it. Carlos ain't lying. All going through it. So anyway, but that's what goes down in these next couple, you know, this next week. We, you can drive yourself crazy, but the teams that have the good staffs that, that have been together, the continuity, they're not yeah. scrambling right now. They're they're basically fine-tuning, making sure we're happy, going through any scenario you might not see coming. But I, I this draft has, you know, so much fun to it with these quarterbacks heavy at the top and then the trade-ups and People are going all in right now. I think people are ready to go all in if they like somebody. We're going to see one of these QB. We're going to see the Patriots. Are we going to see the Bears? Are we going to see a team go up for a quarterback if there's somebody they value sitting there at 7 or 10? Where now he's, hey, we can go up and get him. That's that's going to be the fun part, I think, for the to watch on Thursday night. But yeah, I don't know what else you could analyze at this point if you're in personnel. If you're still breaking down guys, that's a concern. It's almost to the extreme. It's you know what we did back in college, right? You know, you got that uh, history final the next day, <laughs> cram and baby, cram. just oh, I was big on the cramps. I mean, at Syracuse, the way to go. Sorry if you're listening to mom and dad, it's but the way to go though. You know, it's the way to go. It is. I mean, I was more concerned about the daily newspaper, the DO, Daily Orange in college, and if I could keep it above a three zero GPA. You know, I was I was in good shape, but so yeah, there there were some cramps that. that 
it pulled a handful of all-nighters. You could usually, like, you could out you had a, with your professors, you could write your way out of jams in some situations, and other way, times you couldn't write your way out of jams. Like you knew, you knew. Right, like if you make it sound pretty, you know. But there were some that could tell. They're going to tell. Yeah, they could you tell. You threw this together. Because they probably did it themselves. Yeah. Right. Well, what was your, any college stories? like? Well, do you ever see the movie, this is an old movie called Van Wilder, one of uh, Ryan Reynolds' first movies. Oh, yeah, but, sure. Uh, I think it took him seven years to get through school. Uh, I, you could say it took me around six or seven years to get through, and I wasn't getting my master's or medical degree. So I had a Callahan, really. I had a good run. Yeah. Good, another good movie reference. I like it. Mm-hmm. So a little Tommy Boy, a little Van Wilder. I had a little bit of all that in me. <laughs> made a lot of people through. go to college for seven years. Yeah, I made it through. It was fun. I, I didn't want to leave. This is a good, good gig. But then I... I remember I started to feel old. I'm like, dang, I'm 23, 24. I'm like, it's just getting a little ridiculous. Now you might want to start life. But and I got an internship with the Philadelphia Eagles, and the rest is history. You and Howie are hanging out? Oh, Howie and I were tight. Yeah. Howie and I were tight. Yeah, thanks for calling me. Hire me, Howie. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I will say something that was interesting today. Cause, but I thought Tom Brady coming out with the new rule change with the jersey numbers wasn't interesting to me. Yeah. And there's a point to this. You're talking about obviously one of the most cerebral quarterbacks we've ever witnessed. This is going to, it is going to change some things for quarterbacks. It isn't going to give you the quick recognition mm-hmm. of who's on the field and what the coverage is. Nickel and dime now can become a little trickier if you're just trying to make snap decisions when you're yeah. coming up off the ball. Now you're going to have your, you know, you're going to have your coach in your headset and personnel guys are up in the press box trying to do the burst that, best they can to say, okay, they got. You know, this is nickels in, nickels in. And they'll tell, hey, Tom, we got nickel, you know. But it's still, they like that, that familiarity with the numbers. And for centers, it would be cool to ask Eric Wood about that too sometime. But I do think there is something for that for quarterbacks to be a little more challenging. We're talking about all these rookies coming in and trying to develop and learn. This is a whole other thing now that they're going to have to study a little bit as far as they're really going to have to know who's who and, and is that a linebacker or is that a safety, you know. Just to give you a yeah. feel for what's on the field. I, I thought that was kind of interesting by Brady. He doesn't come out much and say stuff. So I thought that was good that he actually put that out there, which tells you this is a real thing quarterbacks are going to have to pay attention to. I thought of that, honestly. You know, I, you know, we're both player, <laughs> no, it's, pro player, player yeah. empowerment, yeah. all of that. Let, yeah. let these guys do whatever and they I want. Like the but right. I don't know. It makes you think, like, is this really that good is, aesthetically? What's it going to look like? Um, but those snap decisions, it could affect the game. I don't know. I don't think a lot of guys are going to change their numbers. I think we think well, it's going to happen. That's the other you got to buy out your jersey sales, right? How many is really? How, how many, many guys are, are really going to do that? Change, right? right. It's a freaking number. Who cares? So, and some guys have are established, and that's how they're recognized. And I agree with you. I don't know if it's going to be that drastic, but a subtle little thing like that, I thought was kind of. I hadn't really thought about it like that when I heard the rule. Yeah. And Brady said that. I was like, oh, I see what you're saying. That makes what sense. What was your number back in high school? Oh, two. Oh, two. Two? Mm-hmm. Single digit. You? I like it. I like it. Why were you two? What was any story? No, I just thought it looked good. I felt like quarterbacks always were wearing double digits yeah. when I was growing up. I just liked two. I like it. I was number – well, I wanted to be number four, I remember. Because of Favre. Because of Favre, obviously. Yeah, it was taken. I didn't even know if we had a number four at Ellicottville. I, I still remember they were, these old cardboard boxes in the one, like, storage room. At El- we didn't even have functioning showers at Ellicottville in our locker room. Didn't, didn't have those. 
But yeah, we didn't have a number four. I think I was no, I was number seven right away through JB Varsity. Don Mikowski. You should have liked Vic that. Vic was big at the time, running quarterback. I mean, and, come on. Yeah, you're right, Don Mikowski. You're Packer. You're Packer. Depew's finest. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That should have been natural. I like it. <laughs> Here's what's funny, though, Jim. So before I went to Syracuse, I went to St. John Fisher my right, freshman year right. and, and tried to keep playing football. <laughs> was quarterback in high school, and I was outside linebacker in college. So okay. didn't end well. Was a little overmatched. You know, might have been like fifth or sixth string there at Fisher. But when it came to – Picking my jersey, I was down to number 66. So that kind of tells you all you need to know, right? When you're when you're down to 66 or like 72, if, if, so if you're at 66, Tom Brady would be throwing at you pretty quick, I would think, because <laughs> I I would think he's thinking that could be an offensive guard yeah. and linebacker. 66. Yeah, it wasn't as, as much fun as high school football. It really wasn't. It was great to have the opportunity, but yeah. realized pretty quickly. Let's uh, let's focus on the old academics. It's funny how jersey numbers are a big deal, though. For some, you know, it never was to me. And then I was like, once I two, I liked. I liked two. It's a good number. Two yeah. is a good number. I liked it. Like Larry Johnson. Great call. Great number two. Great call. Actually, could he be the best number two? Think about it here. Um, I mean, it'd be a lot. Two's take. come to mind. No, you know? that's a good one. So Brian St. Pierre, that comes to mind. He was number two, oh, right? Oh, you're pulling yeah. a good name out. Yeah. Boston College? Yeah. Who's Strong. Hey, just back to the draft, though. Yeah. You know, we, we got to throw some substance at yeah, these people, right? It. They've let's made it, it this far. Yeah. Let's give them something to chew we're on. on. The, we're on the yep. um, home stretch. San Francisco, number three. I think we know it's Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson probably. Yeah, probably. Chance. Right. Um, is it going to be Mac Jones? I mean, that's what we're hearing, right? So, well, here's the thing. If I, if I was a gambling man, and I've noticed they have some gambling um, draft prop bets out oh, yeah. on DraftKings, FanDuel, all the good stuff. And that's a big uh, – that switches daily. Vegas is switching those odds daily, and I like paying attention to that a little bit. Um, I do think – I do think if I was a betting man, I probably would throw down on Mac Jones. Only because – it's just too strong. The reports are too strong from some of the most credible media people that I kind of follow. And I, I do think there are certain guys that just, they get it. They, whoever their sources are, they get it. And the Mac Jones thing came out, and it really wasn't, hasn't really been beat down yet. I mean, it was just been a strong from, you know, and I, I think we have to go back and remember that. At this point, we're all over the place. But I feel like, I feel like it's always been him for them. And I'm saying all this, of course, it'll be Fields or Trey Lance. But I, I, I'm, if I'm going Kyle with it, Trask. I'm going with Mac Jones. Yeah. Wow, can you imagine? No, now, you're see, right. But, but this is – the fun part of this draft is is that, is that's what we're waiting for. That's what sets it off. So as soon as they, that card yeah. gets turned in, Mac Jones, then all, all our focus I mean, is on it. Ryan Atlanta. Pace traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky, he did it. I mean, it's a shock. And the, and, and the Bears are on their last legs right now. So, hey, they didn't get Russell Wilson like we all thought they were going to get. They get Andy Dalton, which you know they're depressed about that. They can fake it and put him on Twitter all they want as yeah. QB1. That's awful. So <laughs> we know for a fact that will the Bears go up for somebody at seven if somebody they like, like we talked about in the case. So that's I, – I really can't – that is going to be the fascinating part of this draft. And then what's – you know, are you going to be shocked if – what would shock you in the draft? I guess is what I'm saying. Like, what would be a what would something that would be like, wow? I mean, I, like, what's so shocking? At I don't this know. Point? Nothing really. I, mean, I guess if somebody were to trade up and and, and give up, like a New England, if they get up to four, 
five. You know what I mean? Something like that. I guess it really wouldn't be that much of a shock. I don't know how you trade up for Trey Lance. You have some serious guts. Like yeah, you, you, got a, you got a Sam Cassell set on you if you do one of those. You no doubt because you have honestly you you see something that nobody else has seen. You you are predicting the future better than anybody else can do. Because you, I mean, it's co- you believe you've you got you, the you infrastructure. There. You know it's going to happen. I can see New England doing something like that though. And, I absolutely can. And, and it, I just I, I just can't imagine. But you know what? Yeah. Teams are gonna. They're gonna talk similar to Cam Newton in some ways. Um, Josh McDaniels likes being creative. He likes being creative. It's hard because it's hard to say anybody's comparable because what Cam Newton did was so special. Like he right. goes to Auburn and Auburn wasn't that good. They weren't, and they, they won a national championship in the SEC. Makes the comeback against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I mean, Cam Newton. I always say well, if we're comparing Fields and Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a more dynamic athlete than Fields is. Mm-hmm. He just is. Coming out, not now. Throwing the football, Fields is better. More time on at the position, at the at the highest level, Fields has it. Wow. I mean, he's more natural with everything he does throwing the football than Cam Newton was coming out. Cam was just a little more dynamic and a little bigger. But to think that these teams are I, – I'm still going to stick with it. I, I think Fields is the guy in this draft. I think you could, he should be in the debates with Trevor Lawrence, to be honest with you. Wow. I think he is that talented. I think he's the best physical. Everybody talks about Trey Lance in two years is going to be this. I think the best physical specimen in this quarterback draft is Fields. I don't think there is a guy like him in this draft. I don't think Trey Lance is near the, the as fast as Fields is or as athletic as Fields or – did what Fields did at Ohio State. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm over. Maybe I'm just, you know, I got I, I got that love for Fields that everybody like you have for Mahomes. And I, you know, that Clemson game, I really can't get it out of my mind either. <laughs> he was unbelievable with his ribs. Oh my God, that shot he took. And then I've talked to enough that. people that tell me he's off the charts intelligent. I mean, everything is sharp leadership, toughness. So he's hitting all the boxes. I mean, could, Ch- could Kyle Shanahan take him at three? Yes. Like, could it happen? Oh, no doubt. You're talking I, about I, the best. Like Mark Ross said on our pod, I mean, he, he thinks it's going to be Fields. And, I, hey, I get it. I mean, like he said, why would you trade up and not take the best physical stuff, you know? Ego, man. Ego. Ego. I mean, I, he, he wants to find the perfect play and the perfect moment. And just have a quarterback complete the pass. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I, I don't know. It's gut feeling more gut than feeling. intel, but I mean, he is somebody who completed what seventy-seven percent of his passes. Hey, in Alabama. Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I, I don't you want know, to take away from his skill set. He does do a lot of really good things. And and for what the 49ers he does. want, he does. I feel like he, he's fine. I mean, he's not. He's just not special athletically. Which there are a lot of quarterbacks that aren't special athletically. And and can he? Play, I mean. You got to be, but you do have to be. But, I think but, it's a prerequisite in today's NFL to, to be a little athletic, a little bit. You don't have to run for 700 yards every season, but you've got to be able. And we and, and we talked about I, is a defensive coordinator worried about Mac Jones? That's the ultimate question. You know, it'd be great to ask a guy like Sean McDermott, like you know, hey Sean, would you be scared of Mac Jones or would you be scared of Justin Fields? I mean, prepare not Sean on. Let's get him on the pod. We text him. Yeah. Haven't heard from him. Just get him on here. Since he said we did a great I'm sure job. he'd love to come on. <laughs> he loves us. He does. Loyalism. Well, what are we thinking next week? Do we do we have anything going for the draft? Are we thinking a good uh, fun first round? You know, we should have you want to get it out there right a little bit? Top. Yeah. I Let's mean, let um, people know. So if you haven't seen it in your email inbox or at goalongtd.com, 
We're going to do a three-day draft extravaganza of sorts. So um, subscribe. It's only for subscribers, Jim. The loyal, loyal subscribers. We're going to do a go-long Zoom happy hour every night of the draft. I'm going to start up an hour before round one, an hour before round two, and then I know round three starts a little sooner, but we'll do our happy hour at night, you know, like we always do. All the information's on the website and in your email. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll just start it up, and we'll go as long as people want to go. You know, I'm, I just want to throw back some beers, talk about the draft, and Jim is going to be with us. I'm in. The whole first round, I'm in. Round number one, we're going to break hear, down the picks. I want to hear other people's. I want to hear on happy. We know how happy hour goes. Hey. Not just us talking. We actually don't want to talk. I want to hear other yeah, people's exactly. Let me hear other opinions and let's let's get it out there. Are we happy? Are we shocked? Or it'll be a fun night. We'll see how many good scouts there are. I everybody likes it. everybody's question. They always want to know who who's your biggest miss and yeah. Why'd you do that? And why'd you do that? Let's let's have some people on Zoom. Let's let's get some accountability. Let's see who likes the picks, who doesn't, and yeah. follow it and see who's a good scout. Also going to try to get some draft prospects on, oh, too. Oh, I think it'd be cool. So probably some lower-round guys, you know, that know they're not going to get drafted in the first round and have some time on their hands, you yeah, know. Um, but I'm working on it right now. Um, some guys that you probably have read about are going to come on, and also uh, beat writers around the country, people that we trust that do a great job to react to the picks. But mostly, I, I just love our community, Jim. It's been great getting to know people in there. It's, it's just been an awesome, awesome time. You know, a lot locally here in Western New York. Some back in Wisconsin from the Packers mm-hmm. days. We've got people from California on there. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, and last weekend with Richie Incognito, it was mind blowing to say the least. And there's a reason why. If you subscribe to go along. The replay of that happy hour was not shared because Richie went places that I did not think he was going to go, Jim. And I'll be talked about life with Rex Ryan in 2015, 2016, too. He was there. Um, training camps, let's just say, weren't what people would expect. Maybe there was some pushing of the envelope and letting players do whatever the hell they want. But maybe Rex shouldn't have done that. Um, also, Richie relived a moment that you might have caught in the news when Jonathan Martin had a certain threat on social media. Richie gave us the play-by-play, and it was it was unbelievable. Um, so I, I think it's worth the subscription alone. Obviously, I'm biased. I, I hope folks subscribe, enjoy everything we have to go along, the stories, bringing you as close to the game as possible. But uh, those happy hours are a lot of fun. Well, they're going to be a lot. I appreciate people for joining us. Because of we're always having the hoptimonium will yeah. be flowing, especially next Thursday night. Oh yeah, because we got it. That'll be a good. That that won't be just a happy hour. That's a happy. It's that called a happy hours. Happy, yeah. It's gonna be a long one. Yeah. So it's gonna be a lot of hoptimoniums. We're gonna have to pace ourselves. But by the time the Bills pick, we'll be about six, seven. And they'll deep, trade down, right? And they'll get out of it. And yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, trading down, that can't be fun for you guys in there either, right? Like, no, you know, with, I remember with the Saints, we took Cam Jordan um, in the first round of the one year, and, and it, I, think, I forget if it was pick 20. It was in that range. As scouts, we were like, okay, our you know, day's over. Hey, we were so happy. Got yeah. Cam Jordan. And, you know, we saw Coach Payton and the GM and the director, and they, they went into a little room. So we're like, hmm, something's going on here. Like, that's when you know there's something being discussed. Like, yeah. they came back in, and all of a sudden, they all start picking up the phones. 
trying to trade back into the first round and got it done and we took Mark Ingram. That's so right. so it's it's stuff like that on draft day when you're in the room that's yeah. so exciting and, and to see, you know, so we got Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram in that draft and yeah. it was I mean, you know, I'm always proud of those Saints drafts and, and that one was a fun one where we thought the day was over and let's you know, let's get through this and go out that night and unbelievable that he fell. I mean he was well yeah, I'm in college. He was just such a rock solid. You just you knew what you're getting as long as Coach Pete always had that vision for these players, just like yeah. he did Jimmy Graham, and he did it with Mark Ingram. And just hey, I know how I want to use this guy. And yes, I want to throw the ball to freeze, but I want to run the, to finish the games. With, you know, Ingram. Right. That Ingram. I mean, career speaks for itself. Unbelievable. Yeah. So well, anyway. well, I'm sure Jim will share some more stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll um, get into that third. That'll be fun next week in the happy hour. And also, I kind of buried the lead here, too. Um, we're going to put this podcast out. Well, it's first thing Friday morning. We're here Thursday night. But Friday night, tonight, Doug Whaley oh. is coming on the happy hour with subscribers. And um, I'm coming on that he one. He says too. he's got 30 to 45. We'll stretch it. We'll, we'll keep him as long as we can. You know, here, here's some stories from. Uh, that Bill's War Room. Steelers yeah. War Room, too. He's yeah, I'd like stories. to hear some of those, too. They're yeah. always good. That was great. Thanks, everybody. Uh, a lot of fun. Appreciate you listening, downloading, subscribing, all the above. Let us know if you like the pod. You can uh, rate and review us wherever, however you listen to this baby. And um, we'll catch you, hopefully, at tonight's happy hour. You can subscribe anytime. Go along, TD.com. Thank you. Mm-hmm.